You are now listening to The Local Lens, the podcast from the Powell County Health Department and Kentucky Rio, where we go inside our community's experience with the drug epidemic. Our show was all about sharing perspectives and finding as many different angles to look at addiction as we can. And so on this episode, you're going to be taking kind of a different approach. This is going to be pretty different from most of our episodes. In this one, we are going to be highlighting a grant project that is coming to our region from Kentucky Rio. Kentucky Rio is a name that you've heard before if you've listened to our show. They are one of the big sponsors. Them and the health department put the show on. So we're going to be taking a look at this project that Kentucky Rio has been starting It is called the Workforce Opportunities for Rural Communities. So we're going to be poking and prodding and asking a lot of questions and really just trying to get to the details of what this project is. It really seems like this project is going to have quite a bit of impact all throughout Appalachian, Kentucky. So I'm excited to get into it. Well, this is The Local Lens. Thank you all for tuning in. I'm your host, Nate Brooks. These are our people using our voices, telling our stories because no one sees it like we do. Um, I am Julie Stevens. I am the project director for the Workforce Opportunity for Rural Communities. And we also have in the room... Felicia Bowling, uh, the community health worker for the Workforce Opportunity for Rural Communities. So Felicia is a community health worker, and that is a lot of what our previously released episode was about. So if you would like to hear the whole scoop on what these jobs are like, then I encourage you to go back and listen there. But for this episode, we're going to be focusing on the grant project that Felicia and Julie are working for at Kentucky Rio. We received a grant mm -hmm, from the U.S. Department of Labor. So that means that the federal government is funding this project, so that means it must be a big enough need for the United States of America to take notice. So what is this grant project then? So this grant is to encourage and empower uh, individuals who are in recovery to move forward. They've been at their lowest of lows, and now it's time for us to give them a leg up, such as helping them with a resume, helping them with interviewing, and and giving giving them the training that they will need to succeed. Um, then on top of that, we are also talking to employers. Employers are uh, sometimes very hesitant to hire individuals that are in recovery. That is very hard. And so what we do is we go out and we talk to these employers and we uh, give them different resources of how, yes, you can make this work, what we can do to help you if something does happen, or, you know, or this is what we do and, and we empower them to get better. Um, trying to bridge the gap. Yes, exactly. Okay. So it seems almost like these guys are trying to play the middleman here. They are helping build up a workforce and then they're giving these workers places to work, hopefully. So we have this quote from Felicia's previous episode with us about how she feels about people working in recovery. The more the merrier, I say, because, you know, I personally want everybody working in recovery that can because I believe that it can sustain your recovery. Just, you know. 
But these jobs are not just in recovery. They are in all kinds of areas. Like we have peer support training, um, community health worker training. Mm-hmm. We also have different certificates that they can receive. Um, one is with um, information technology, uh, working either in healthcare or not, um, basically IT tech support. Then also uh, they can receive a certificate, actually the training to test for a certificate with Microsoft Office Specialist. So when is this project going to be getting started? We're looking at um, possibly starting um, getting the the candidates for this program uh, in June and start that. So um, what we're doing at this point is basically doing the paperwork, the connections, which we pretty much did with the grant once we received the grant with um, our consortium members. Um, We also have um, policies, procedures that we have to have in play before we can do that. We have done had to do a lot of research on what's going to work for our program and what's not. So those are the main things that we are doing now that the other groups have already done. (laughs) So we are working very hard right now to getting this going quickly. So how many people are we looking at? This is a three-year grant. We're hoping to have uh, close to 500 participants at the end of the three-year grant. This first year, we anticipate 100. Mm. So, and I think we'll get that pretty quickly. Um, we've set our goals to where they are reachable um, and and for this first pilot year. And then after that, we're going to run with it and spread like wildfire. Where, what's your region with this? So, um, our t- can I list our pilot counties then? Is mm-hmm. it? So, our pilot, we're doing pilot counties to start out, um, and we're going to be in Laurel and Clark. Okay. Um, but we'll be in, also be in 12, 12 counties whole, all the way from um, Whitley, what, up to Clark County about. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's like southeastern more than anything. It's actually going to be kind of south and northeastern, just really all okay. eastern. Cool. Um, you know, we, we look at Clark. We also look at Lewis County. So our 12 counties is, is spread with the Appalachian region. Yeah. And that's okay. that's what our um, grant was actually targeting was the App- Appalachian yeah. region. So these guys are going to be putting 500 new workers throughout the Appalachian region just focused on our health, which... If you know much about our region, you know that we have very bad health statistics. So this is going to be greatly appreciated. So they're building up this workforce, but that's not all that they're doing either. They also have to pay attention to the employers and making sure that the employers are ready to start hiring this many people in recovery. What we're doing is we're basically easing their mind. Okay. And letting them know that these individuals are working extremely hard. If there's any setbacks or anything to that effect, we have resources for them that they can contact and say, look, I really feel like this individual is not doing well. What can I do? How can I approach this? Um, so those types of resources are going to w- what we'll be using, um, as well as, um, you know, a lot of our successes of uh, past successes that have gone into recovery and have now basically become, you know, a, a very top-notch 
administrative person now and and or you know at top of their work where they're where they're working so um felicia i think you could probably attend to some of this of some of your experiences as well as some of your um friends that have had those experiences uh in my experience i think that you're going to find good or bad employees with or without substance use disorders or with or without criminal history um it just and um, i think it kind of frightens people like businesses to want to hire people like that because they're scared of the what ifs mm-hmm. um so that's people with substance use disorders opioid use disorders history of criminal record i think this is a good i think it's a good program because it helps them it will help them um be able to you know get those trainings and the job skills that they don't have otherwise and what i'm thinking now too is if you look at somebody's resume like if they have this training from you guys after their history of addiction like after like showing like this used to be an issue and like it, it doesn't go away like we've talked about before but um you've at least gone through this training and like you've been screened how receptive are employers being to seeing that or have you even really gotten there yet we really haven't gotten there yet okay. but yeah. our hope is and our future is that when they when this program gets very popular we'll ha- we'll be reaching out to more employers to hey this is the program we have this is what this individual has completed this is what this individual has not completed mm-hmm. so we become a uh, resource and also uh, you know a liaison of sorts a liaison yes but the a reference for these individuals mm-hmm. and you know I've, I've worked in numerous communities um with other grants that I have done and and have helped with um, other grants that have put me to the point where I can make these connections. Anybody understands, like Felicia said, you know, recovery or not, or uh, substance use disorder or not, networking is key. If they don't know you, they're going to be scared. But however, I heard that you went through this program and I've heard that Felicia and Julie have done an outstanding job with this program and I know what they've been through and so forth. So yes, I'm going to give you a chance. That's what we're looking for. Those are the kinds of things that we really want to do into empowering these individuals to getting where they we want them to succeed. I know it's been a lot of just questions and answers trying to get over the basic details of this project so far, but we're about to get into the weeds of how the process is actually going to go. A little bit about the program is we have a, you know, from beginning to end. Okay. The beginning is uh, our consortium members are going to refer our program to some of the um, uh, individuals they are working with currently. Okay. They are going to encourage them to fill out an application, which is online or on paper pencil. We know that some have that computer phobia. (laughs) (laughs) That is a very real thing that people deal with. And that's because when people get put into jail or prison and are locked out of society for years on end, technology doesn't slow down around them. So here to show that point, we have 
a very old clip from my friend Jeremy Thompson from one of our first episodes. Because I was locked up seven and a half years the last time. Mm-hmm. And that was flat. I didn't get out at all at that time. So for me, I had went, you know, when I went to prison, the Razor phone was the hot thing. When I got out, it was like iPhone 6. And I'm like, what's this? And then I would go to a job and they're like, hey, apply online. What do you mean apply online? I just need to talk to the manager. I'll fill out an application right now. I got, you know, they're like, no, we do it online now. And I'm like, okay, so... Yeah, things change a lot, especially if you are kept away from participating in the change. So when people have a hard time using computers, that is, you know, we should expect that. Sorry to butt in on that, though. Let's get back into it. Once they fill out the application with all the supporting documents, such as references and any other documentation they may need, um, they will um, then be interviewed by us. Okay, and so they are interviewed by uh, Kentucky Rio staff, and then they are also going to be interviewed by some of our consortium members. So we have that in place as well, and it's going to be in person with the individual or with the candidate, or we may have to have some Zoom, you know, um, Mm. some of our consortium members come in through Zoom. So they'll be actually interviewed by panel. They're going to put some pressure on them just a little bit uh, for this program. Then once they've done that, then uh, if they get accepted, they'll receive a letter. We're we're in the process of working on uh, an empowering video to get them to understand what the program is, what policies are, what the rules are, how this is going to work, who they need to contact, and so forth. Then they call our community health worker, which is Felicia or myself, depending on how big of a load we've got going on. So that's kind of why I uh, got the certification as well. But their main person is going to be Felicia. Felicia will sit down with them one-on-one in person and go over their, um, they're going to actually create their customized trail to success. Cool. So we call that our CTS. So um, we're very excited about that. You're looking at doing 500 of those. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. I'm excited for it. Yeah. yeah. You're going to know that trail well. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> it's going to be great. Yes. Yeah. And the reason we said trail instead of path is because <laughs> it's, we're Appalachian, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. anywhere I go anymore, you got to hike to get there. And yeah. I like to hike. And so I was thinking a trail, we need to do a trail. So that was, that was one of the, the main reasons we decided to go with that. Yeah. It's a good touch. Yes. Yeah. So then, um, once they do that, they get their customized trail. Then we are off and running on where, which way they want to go. Okay. Um, now every single candidate and every single participant will complete the employability course, which is the, um, resumes, uh, mock interviews, how to network, how to dress at an interview, um, you know, those kinds of things. And everybody needs a refresher of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have been in the workforce for years and I'm, cause I don't <laughs> want to miss my age. Yeah. <laughs> so know that that's not a, a flub up in your sound. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it took me a while when I had an interview where I had been at a place for years and then I had an interview at a new place. I was a nervous wreck. Yeah. And I didn't yeah. realize it. And I, I was the one that would help other students, you know, get this training of, of employability and, and yeah. how to interview and everything. And I mean, there's a lot of pressure on that situation too. It's like, it's like, if you get this go ahead to have a job, like that's, 
how you can make a living. And so everything comes down to just like, do you choose this word or this word here? You don't want it to come down to that, but like in your head, every single decision you're making in a job application is just monumental. It is. is. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, and then, um, so every single candidate will do that plus their other that they chose to do, which is the uh, community health worker, peer, peer support specialist, and so forth, what we mentioned earlier. You mentioned earlier that you guys have done a lot of research on what will work for this program specifically. What's that been like? <clears throat> Exhausting, I want to say. <laughs> um, well, we, we just... We, we, I feel like we get something, um, squared away and we run into a roadblock with it. And it's been like that every step of the way. So, but it's, it's challenging and, but it's been very rewarding because our eyes are definitely dotted now and our T's are crossed and we've made sure of that. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been challenging. So what, it, what does it look like? Has it been just like you guys trying to, make just the arrangements for getting a plan in place. Is that basically what that's been? Uh, yeah. And like policies and procedures, like mm-hmm. we, I think we just kind of wanted to take off running with this thing. And we had to slow down and realize like, you know, we have to have these key components to this mm-hmm. program to make it successful stuff that I didn't even think about. Um, But with the help of our our consortium members, you know, that's something that we learn very quickly about is, you know, doing the, the heavy lifting stuff first, I would say. So Felicia has been a goldmine and a godsend for, for this organization. Um, She brings a lot of good questions uh, of things that we wouldn't necessarily think of. Like, like uh, the drug screening process, um, the the policy for that, and how often and what type of drug screen are we going to do and yeah. so forth. Because if you're doing drug court, then that is rigorous, too. Yes. Like that's, I forget the frequency of it, but it is, yes. it's rigorous. So, which can be a burden in somebody that's trying to live a life outside of just getting drug screened all yes. the time. So, what, what did you guys come to with that? Well, one of the things is, is with her experience as a peer support specialist and her past um, um, jobs that she's had, she actually knows every aspect of it and how often and what needs to be done. So she's um, seen that firsthand with the individuals she has worked in the past. Um, and that's why we really look towards her uh, for that. Do you want to talk more about that? Yeah. Um, so we didn't really want the drug screening to be a hindrance, but we just want that level of accountability also. So that brings up a very important part of this is their accountability. Now keep in mind that Kentucky Rio is not a treatment provider. They are not a rehab facility. They're just trying to connect people that are in recovery to jobs. We have a three strike system for them to stay sober and that's their accountability. When they meet with Felicia once a month or more, then they have to, you know, show progress and so forth. Um, not waiting till the last minute to do their coursework or not attending uh, some of the in-person or over Zoom uh, courses that they'll be taking. Um, then if we get alerted 
from an individual that they are in those courses or, 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 you know, then, um, we will, you know, we'll do a drug screen at that point. Again, is the mouth swab. Mm-hmm. Um, if it comes positive, then the, the candidate, um, you know, can either, uh, you know, admit to it or if they feel like, no, I really haven't done anything. I don't understand why this is coming positive. Then at that point, we'll say, completely understand. We want you to feel comfortable with your result. We'll send them to a lab and do a urine test at that point. However, we will not handle the specimen or anything to that effect. Um, we'll let the lab take care of that. Once, so that seems like a good way to handle yes. it, too. Yeah. Yes. Then w- once we get those results back, then that'll determine um, they will have you know, a certain number of days to where they can get tested again. They can com- still, you know, keep going with their coursework. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, uh, and like I said, it's a case-by-case basis. Once we get that back, then if it's still positive, then um, they will be, we're hoping that they're going to um, go to like a drug counseling or something to that effect. Because uh, when they're, after they come out of recovery or when they're, still in recovery um they they have people they can go back and and talk to and we're hoping that that's what's going to happen um then after that um they can test again after so much and if it's a third time sorry now this might seem strict but you know there have to be some kind of rules and regulations and stuff like this and you have to remember their role in this as well. They're really just trying to help give people jobs. And when people are holding down jobs, it is indirectly really helping them with their recovery because they are given a lot of structure through that job. And this group is paying attention to the people's recovery through other things as well, like through their employability classes. Employability class is going to be... Uh, more than just resume building and interviews and stuff. They're going to talk to them more about um, how to do their finances, how to uh, plan for the future. Um, You know, just simply maintaining sobriety. That's a, that's a key component of that is maintaining sobriety. So, so I've got one more question for you guys and should be easy one out of the weeds on, on this. Why is it important for there to be community health workers today? Because it's a pretty new field of work, at least it's it's gotten more popular, but why is this important for people now? Well, um, community health workers can play many different roles throughout healthcare or recovery or whatever. Um, what word am I looking for? You're to advocate. Yeah. Be, for, for the patient. Yeah. For the, for the person. Yeah. Advocating is a perfect word to describe that would be um, somebody to advocate for clients who obviously couldn't or don't feel comfortable enough to do so for themselves. So what I have seen in, in my training is the fact of they're a wealth of knowledge. They are a wealth of resources. And that to me is uh, priceless. 
when it comes to community health worker because you're helping an individual get where they need to be. You are empowering that individual to get where they need to be. You are the listening ear for that individual. You are the one that's going to try and do everything you can, everything in your power to connect them with people or resources that they may need to get what they they really, really strive for. Um, and that's why we chose to have a community health worker with this pro- program is because the passion and the um, the wealth of knowledge, all of that, all balled up in one is very much needed in this program. And, um, you know, and, I, and I'll be honest with you, when we interviewed uh, Felicia, there was one thing that stuck out with her and that was when we asked her you know what what more can you tell us that would make us want to hire you she says i'm not in it for the money i am here for the individual i'm here for the person to get better and to grow and and do that and after that i'm telling you i had chills and goosebumps up my my arms and i was just tickled to death to hear that because I heard the passion in her voice and I heard why she wanted to do this. Well, that's all that we've got for you guys today. Thank you all for tuning in and listening to this week's episode of The Local Lens. And I guess time will tell whether we see the ripples from this workforce opportunity for rural communities grant. And we all know how important jobs are, especially for people in recovery, right? And then we also know how unhealthy people in our area tend to be. So it's great that we're about to have 500 more people coming in that are concerned about making our communities healthier. So if you want to learn more about this grant, you can visit krio.org, which is K-R-H-I-O dot org. Once again, K-R-H-I-O dot org. And if you're streaming the show, then we'll just have that link in the bio for you. Well, I'd like to give a big thanks to Felicia and Julie for coming on the show and representing Kentucky Rio and your grant project. Thank you all for getting us a good look inside of that and letting us see what's going on with that. Also, a big thanks to WSKV for broadcasting the show and also the Powell County Health Department and Kentucky Rio as well for sponsoring the show. Well, that is all that we have today. I'm your host, Nate Brooks. Thank you once again for tuning in, and please be sharing the show with your friends. This is The Local Lens. These are our people using our voices, sharing our stories, because no one sees it like we do.